0: Good morning. Once again, uh, it's about time for us to, to begin our Bible class. Uh, I didn't preach 30, 35 minutes this morning, so we're actually, I think starting on time so that uh, we're just going to have more time in our Bible class this morning, but that's okay. Uh, we are going to continue our, our study on the life of Elijah. Now of course, uh, if we were with us well, last week, we sort of finished out uh, Elijah's uh, story in the Old Testament. Uh, We noticed uh, Elijah and Elisha, and again, I know that sometimes that's confusing, those two prophets, their names are so close, but uh, we we sort of noticed the the bond that they had even though it wasn't terribly long, Elijah being the mentor for Elisha, and of course uh, uh, knowing that they were going to be separated soon, and uh, Elijah appeared to be testing him, right, Uh, you know, stay here, but Elisha said, no, I'm coming with you. Uh, Stay here. No, I'm coming with you. And then a third time, you know, Elijah tells him to stay here, but Elisha says, no, I'm coming with you. And so, um, of course, Elijah gets taken up into heaven, uh, translated into heaven, does not appear to, you know. Well, we'll see a passage here uh, in a moment uh, that talks about how uh, Enoch uh, did not actually physically die. And so this appears to be the same thing happening to Elijah uh, we'll read that here in a moment, but remember, uh, Elisha had asked Elijah for a double portion uh, of his spirit, and uh, so the, the mantle of Elijah remains. Uh, Elisha picks that up, uh, strikes the water, and so now he's uh, the next great prophet in line, and um, we didn't get to talk about this too much, but right at the end of that uh, lesson, uh, remember the, the prophets, all those prophets who were there witnessing this account, uh, you know, they say, hey, let us go out and find him, right? Let's, let's send a search party and go find Elijah because they weren't truly convinced that, you know, he went, was taken up to heaven and maybe that's so because, you know, they were sort of watching from a distance. Uh, but they said, hey, let's go send a search party out for him. Elisha said, no, that, that's unnecessary, but they kept asking. And so Elisha finally told them, go ahead and look. And they looked, but they couldn't find him. And uh, that's sort of going to tie into our thoughts here uh, this morning. Um, again, uh, this idea uh, of, you know, is Elijah coming back? You know, who is, uh, where is he? That, that type of thing. Uh, again, I, I mentioned that, you know, there was those two individuals, right, that, that Scripture talks about. Oops. Uh, the first one is all the way back in Genesis chapter 5. And I just wanted to read this because uh, my translation... Maybe it's a little bit different from yours uh, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Uh, again, chapter 5 of Genesis is laying out uh, the lineage from, you know, from Adam and Eve and their child Seth, really all the way to, um, to Noah. And it's just talking about individual after individual. And again, these are the individuals, you know, that lived, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred years 900 years right, prior to the flood. And you get to uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 24, and it talks about this man named Enoch. And all it tells us is that, well, back up to verse 22, well, verse 21, I guess. Uh, Enoch lives uh, 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. And then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. And he had other sons and daughters. Uh, So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So my translation's a little bit tough uh, for that verse, uh, verse 25. It says, uh, or verse 24, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And, you know, we might have some trouble maybe understanding what's going on there, but uh, if you flip into the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11... The, the Hebrews writer there gives us a, a better understanding of what's going on. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. Of course, Hebrews chapter 11 is that great chapter of faith. You know, by faith, uh, this man did this. By faith, you know, that this other individual did this. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, uh, Enoch's one of those great champions of the faith. And it says, uh, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found, because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. So, some, a little bit of divine commentary, right? The, the Hebrews writer tells us the reason why uh, Enoch was taken up, right? Did not face death, was because he was a faithful uh, individual. Uh, he obtained the witness uh, before God. He was pleasing to God. And so, that was the first individual, Enoch, And the second individual in Scripture, and only other individual uh, so far, uh, is Elijah, right? And Elijah, a little bit more descriptive that we see him going up uh, in that whirlwind uh, into heaven. And he, too, was not found by those who looked for him. And again, both of them did not experience, you know, a physical death. And again, I said that last week, and I'll say it this week. You know, that, that would have been a blessing, right, to not have to go through that. And uh, maybe that was their reward for being uh, the faithful individuals that they were. Uh, But because of the unusual circumstances behind that event, right, um, when a person goes missing, you know, think of this, when a person goes missing and is never found, what do some people do? Someone, you know, is lost and, you know, Okay, they'll go searching for them. yep, and we saw that. And some people will hold out hope, won't they? Right? That, that, that individual, um, you know, they never found them. They're lost, and they never found them. and maybe at some point they'll be found. Right? We see that all the time in the news, don't you, about stories about, you know, some person, a child that was lost, you know, 30 years ago, and all of a sudden they, they found him. Right, or maybe like some sort of a DNA testing that they do. It happens a lot, right? So people hold out hope, and um, Elijah, right? This great prophet Elijah, he, he goes up into heaven. Not everyone understands what's going on there, and from that time forward, it's going to appear like, uh, especially into the New Testament, that there are some of, these, uh, some of the Jews are still waiting for Elijah to come. And specifically, when we turn to Malachi, uh, if you would turn to Malachi with me, this is the last uh, book in the Old Testament, so a simple way, just turn to Matthew and flip backwards and you'll find uh, Malachi. Uh, But in Malachi, there's going to be this interesting verse, some of the last verses uh, that that are written uh, in the Old Testament that are going to talk about uh, Elijah, going to sort of add more to this speculation of, you know, this uh, person, Elijah. Uh, Again, what happened to him? Where is he? And uh, so we get to Malachi chapter 4, and let's just start in verse 4. Let's let's read the final three verses of the Old Testament. Uh, Malachi the prophet writes, "Uh, "'Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel,' Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. So that's interesting, isn't it? That the, the Malachi uh, writes about the, this event where Elijah, the, Elijah is going to be sent, the prophet Elijah. Again, all the way back in 2 Kings, he ascended into heaven, but now, um, well, I didn't do the math, but, you know, hundreds of years later, you know, Malachi is saying he's going to be sent, right? And so there's that speculation, right? Just as uh, when we lose a person and never maybe find uh, their physical body, sometimes we speculate that maybe they're still out there, maybe they're going to return. The same thing here is with Elijah, and we'll see that here in the New Testament, uh, If you're still in Malachi, you flip back to chapter 3 and verse 1. This doesn't specifically mention Elijah, uh, but uh, it's kind of going to be part of our lesson this morning uh, because uh, here he's prophesying and says, Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Uh, Same thing in Isaiah chapter 40. So even further back, uh, Isaiah uh, pretty much writes the th- same thing, prophesying about this, uh, this person, this individual who's going to be a forerunner, who's going to you know, clear the way. And I think you understand who that is, and we'll talk about him in a, in a moment. But again, because he never dies, because they never find Elijah, right, mm-hmm. there's always that speculation that he becomes that symbol uh, for future prophets. right? He, he's one of the great, greatest prophets in the Old Testament right when when jesus is on the mount of transfiguration it's moses elijah and jesus right and so that's uh, how much of an importance elijah had in the scriptures and and so uh he becomes that that future uh, pr- that symbol for future prophets right uh jesus when jesus is on the earth some of the people uh think that elijah think that jesus is elijah right uh, some think uh, John the Baptist is Elijah, right? The the people are the Jews are still looking for Elijah, right? And and we're going to get into this this morning because that's what the, really this lesson about is about Elijah and John the Baptist. But was John the Baptist literally Elijah? No, he wasn't literally Elijah, right? Uh, he wasn't the reincarnation of Elijah, you know, in this other body uh, of John the Baptist. Uh, matter of fact, in John chapter one, verse 21, the people ask John the Baptist, are you Elijah? And he says no, right? So he, he flat out denies that. Um, but uh, he has said that he, he is Elijah, or excuse me, John the Baptist is Elijah uh, who has come in his spirit, right? He's the fulfillment of the prophecy. Uh, he is that, that forerunner. Right? And so um, when we think of Elijah and we think of John the Baptist, uh, we see a lot of comparisons. We see a lot of uh, interesting, or at least we can think of a lot of interesting thoughts between uh, this great prophet in the Old Testament and this great prophet in the New Testament. Uh, what are some of those that you can think of off the top of your head between John the Baptist and Elijah? Okay, yeah, so they were both God's messenger. Uh, again, Elijah was, was that great prophet that represented the Old Testament. What did Jesus say of John the Baptist? There, uh, was there anyone born of woman who was greater than he? Remember Jesus saying that? No one was... So again, these are two great individuals. So yeah, so they were both great messengers of, of God. Remember, physically speaking, what do we remember about Elijah that we already studied and what we know of John the Baptist? Remember, They were both described as these rough-looking individuals, right? Remember, Elijah had that, that leather belt, right? They said he was a hairy man uh, who wore that leather belt. And then you get into the New Testament and you read about, well, let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 6 and notice... Uh, how, how John the Baptist is described uh, John was clothed with camel 's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist, right, so again, uh, we get the idea the picture of uh, again of these two individuals uh, of being sort of these rough uh, men who you know lived out in the wilderness and, and wore rough clothing and uh, even their eating habits are mentioned you know that 's interesting Elijah had uh, what, it, what how did Elijah get his meals that one time? I heard the yeah, the, the, the ravens flew in uh, that, the, the meat uh, to him, right? And so uh, it, he's sort of out in a nature setting getting his food. And, and John the Baptist, we're told in that same verse I just read, that his diet was locusts and wild honey. Uh, who's hungry for locusts for lunch today? Does that sound appetizing? No, but again, the idea is, you know, sort of uh, a rough individual out in the wilderness, just eating what the earth is providing, right? And so um, they both had fiery personalities, didn't they? Elijah was somebody who uh, didn't back down in his preaching, and John the Baptist, he didn't either, right? He actually, I don't know if we'll get to this scripture here uh, at the end of class, but he died for his preaching. He was martyred because of his preaching, uh, because of Herod and uh, Herod's wife having that unscriptural marriage. And Herod, um, or excuse me, John the Baptist preached against him, against that, and he was put to death because of that. So they, they both had fiery personalities. They, they, they both had disciples. Again, Elijah with Elisha. And John the Baptist, he also had his disciples. And um, again, some of these I'm just throwing out here, but... Um, some more similarities between, they, they both uh, anointed their successors. Remember, Elijah uh, anointed Elisha. Remember, what did, what did John the Baptist do uh, for Jesus? Sorry? Yeah, he baptized him, right? And so there's some similarities there. Uh, they both interacted with Jesus. Again, Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. John the Baptist you know, baptized Jesus. Uh, what was their relation, by the way, Jesus and John the Baptist? Yeah, they were cousins, weren't they? Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then um, uh, John's mother, Elizabeth, right? And so uh, they were cousins, and so uh, they both, uh, both of them, another similarity was they both cried out in the wilderness against a national power. Again, Elijah had his nemesis that we read about, Ahab, uh, so many times, and John the Baptist was always him and Herod, right? And, uh but here's the more interesting thing is they both had who seeking to end their lives. Do you remember who both women. Yeah. Uh, powerful women. Powerful women, yeah, queens, right? Queen Jezebel was really the one who wanted Elijah dead. And when we if we get to the story of John the Baptist, it wasn't Herod. Herod had thrown him in the had thrown John the Baptist in the prison, but it was Herod's wife who wanted John's head delivered to to her on that silver platter, remember, and so yeah, these women were the ones who ultimately wanted the death of these great men, and just one more, they both suffered from depression and doubt um, again Elijah, we studied that account where he 's in the wilderness all alone, and he just wants to die and of course, there's John who he 's put in prison, you remember, and he asks uh, the disciples of jesus, i mean is Jesus really who he is?' And so there was a little bit of a doubt there uh, until Jesus returned that message to him. So a lot of similarities, right? A lot of similarities between these two men. But the point we want to make is they weren't the same person, right? Elijah was Elijah. John the Baptist was John the Baptist. uh, But John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. You know, he was very similar, just like him. And he fulfilled the prophecy uh, that was made back in Malachi chapter four. And so I know we read... Uh, Malachi chapter four, but again, just to kind of give us some emphasis here, uh, again, the, the people of uh, of Israel they've come out of captivity, right? They they've been in captivity for seventy years, they come out of it. They're really building the temple. They're they're building Jerusalem back up. You know, they're trying to get things back going, uh, worshiping God and stuff. But then you get to the the prophet Malachi and uh, Things are starting to change again, right? And it ought not to, because they were in captivity for so long as their punishment. But uh, Malachi, really, man, you read this letter, and you know, Mal God through the prophet Malachi, he is rebuking the people over and over again, uh, asking, are, "Are you robbing God? Right? Uh, you're, you're going through the motion." Let me just read this uh, Malachi one, starting verse six. Er, well. Yeah, a son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? Uh, In that you say the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? So, again, God, throughout this letter, is getting on them, right? They're going through the motions. They're offering these sacrifices that just, they're not pleasing to the Lord, right? They're bringing the blemish, the lame. And he says, you know, your, your governor wouldn't even take this as a sacrifice and you're giving it to me. Right. So he's getting on him. And um, again, Malachi ends. And in our Bibles, it ends. Right. And then you probably have a maybe a, a page in between that and uh, the book of Matthew, uh, you know, the, the, the dividing page. Right. That's sometimes we refer to that as the intertestamental period. It's about 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew. 400 years where God's not speaking through any prophet, right? Nothing is going on. God's not speaking to the people from Malachi to Matthew, right? And uh, again, I think you understand why when you read Malachi, uh, why there's that silence. Um, as a matter of fact, that's what I, I wrote down. When a scholar I was reading said, want to know why God stopped talking to his people for 400 years? Read Malachi and find out, right? And so, uh, uh, And look at the very last verse. We already read this, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. But again, look at this. Uh, The prophet says, He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. If Jesus never came into the world, you notice how the Old Testament, how, how the Bible, if you will, would have ended? With a curse. It's not a good way to end. Right, and so uh, again, there's just so much going on here in this letter that Malachi uh, is writing to the people here, uh, but, but, you know, throughout it, he again, he's giving them that glimpse into the future, right? The anticipating coming of the Lord. Again, we read chapter three, verse one. Uh, my, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me, and. Again, that we understand uh, in the New Testament that that is John the Baptist, Jesus himself is going to take that verse and he's going to say that was John and so again so so, so throughout the the letter that Malachi writes, there is a glimpse right uh you know what what's the job of a forerunner what's the job of a a messenger to announce the coming. yeah he's going to announce the coming he's going to prepare the way uh, he's going to Turn the, hopefully turn the hearts of the people back to God, uh, clearing away obstacles of unbelief. I mean, what, was, uh, what, what specifically was John the Baptist said to have been preaching in those days? Yeah, the kingdom is at hand. Repent, right? Repent, the kingdom is at hand. Get ready, right? Uh, uh, someone's going to come after me who I'm not worthy to you know, tie the, uh, his sandals. Right. And uh, so get ready. Right. And so that's that's uh, that's John the Baptist. That was his role. And uh, but again, he he, but he came in the spirit of Elijah. Right. He came as this this uh, this man who was out in the lived out in the wilderness. And he was a big, tough and rough guy and uh, wearing his leather belt and eating locusts and honey. And he was a fiery preacher. Right. Just like Elijah was. And so. we move into the New Testament, and actually we'll, we'll just... We'll, there's, there's many passages about John, but we'll just uh, focus on Matthew 11 uh, this morning. Uh, but when uh, Of course, again, we're, we're not talking about a literal Elijah, right? Elijah, according to the scriptures, was you know, translated into heaven, right? Elijah's not coming back, uh, but there, the prophecy is being fulfilled as Jesus says through John the Baptist, and um, but again, we we see throughout the New Testament when we read the gospel accounts, did the people believe that? No, no, they were looking for Elijah, weren't they? Uh, they were they were uh, people today. There are still people today who are looking for Elijah, right? That they don't believe Elijah has come back yet, and I think we'll talk about that in a moment, but. Uh, the scribes in Matthew seventeen verse ten said that, or they were teaching that Elijah must come first. Uh, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Um, so again, that, that's the the preeminent thought of the day, right? That before uh, before the Messiah would come, that Elijah had to come first, that forerunner had to come first. And again, they some of the people thought Jesus was Elijah. Some of the people, uh, actually Herod, uh, if you recall, Herod thought Jesus was, um, after John the Baptist had been beheaded, he thought Jesus was uh, a risen uh, John. Um, remember, Jesus is on the cross, and he starts saying something in Aramaic, and what do the people think he's doing? Sorry yeah they, they think that he's calling for Elijah, right the people are saying he, he's calling for Elijah, calling for Elijah to help but again, Jesus said that Elijah already came right, and so um the time the time that uh, Jesus comes into the world, the time that John the Baptist comes to the world right it, it's it's the perfect time right and so so he's going to kick start this uh, by John again paving the way and so Uh, We get to Matthew chapter 11, and notice what Jesus has to say about John, starting in verse 7. Uh, As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? A prophet? Yes, I tell you that one is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So again, here's the, here's the idea, right? That Elijah, um, or excuse me, John the Baptist is sort of the we w- I think what we would say is he's sort of the the modern day Elijah um do we have any baseball fans in here a few uh I haven't watched too much baseball but I know that there's a I'll probably get his name wrong but you know he I think he's from Japan Um uh, Ohotny and uh he just signed this biggest contract in Major League Baseball this past week, $700 million over 10 years. You know, ridiculous uh, contract to play baseball, to play a kid's game, right? Uh, but uh, people are, there's something very unique about this guy who, again, I think he's from Japan, uh, but he, uh, if you know about this guy, he, um, not only is he a pitcher, but he also plays the field, right? He, he can bat, yeah, he can hit home runs, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, pitchers uh, today, in today's age, you know they don't, you know, play the field. They don't get the bat a lot, or if they do, they're not very good at it. But this is a guy who's not only a great pitcher, but he's also an outstanding batter, right? Hitting home runs, and people have made the comparison that he's a modern day. And you know, sorry. Yeah, exactly, a modern-day Babe Ruth. Remember Babe Ruth? One of the greatest baseball players ever? He did the same thing, right? He he pitched, and he also uh, played and batted, right? We, rem- we remember him as the Sultan of Swat, you know, a great home run hitter, but he was also a great pitcher. Well, that's the idea here. Again, that that uh, John the Baptist is the modern-day Elijah, right? And he is coming, preparing the way for Christ. He, he's preaching, um, and he's he's again he's jesus describes him as this tough and rough guy right i love i love this where jesus said you know um back in verse seven i mean did you go out in the wilderness to see a reed shaken by the wind did you did you want to see a man dressed in soft clothing um that's not john right Uh, because again he he's pointing him to elijah and um and so let's finish. I know we're getting close to the end of time. Let's finish uh, verses 12 through 19. And so Jesus says, From the, the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah who was to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? Is it like It is like children sitting in the marketplace... Who call out to the other children and say, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And so, as Jesus here sort of finishes out his thoughts about John the Baptist here, uh, explaining his his role um, was it was it john's purpose was it john's um, was it his responsibility to bring the kingdom uh into existence did it belong to him no 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 it didn't belong to john John's simply, again, the forerunner, right? John was Elijah. He was the harbinger of the coming age. Um, He is bringing that message, right? He's bringing that message that the kingdom is at hand. Of course, in Acts chapter 2, it takes place, right? The kingdom is now here. Um, The approach that Jesus and John uh, had Uh, or I guess let's say Jesus and Elijah and John are are pretty different. Uh, If you had a choice between picking, uh, you know, someone to come in and preach to you, would you pick Jesus or would you pick John the Baptist? Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, right? Uh, Why would you say that? Well, exactly. I mean, that's yeah, that's a great answer. That's, a, that's the perfect answer, right? Uh, but listen, I want you to listen. Here, here's a portion of what uh, John began a sermon, uh, Luke chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 7. So uh, here's how John would have began a sermon, right? Here's your guest preacher, preacher John the Baptist, and uh, Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 7. So he began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers. Right, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees, so every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Again, how, how uh, as an opening you know, a preacher beginning his sermon by saying, listen, you brood of vipers, right? You snakes. Uh, Again, that's, that's tough, isn't it? That's how John preached, right? He was direct. He was in your face. And so obviously when we read about Jesus preaching, you know, uh, he could get on some people sometimes, but most of the time, you know, he had a crowd gather around him and, and he would talk to them about, again, about the the coming kingdom and the good news. And, uh, but again, that, that's who John was. That's who was the individual that that God had sent to be that forerunner uh, to uh, proclaim the the kingdom. And so we've talked a lot about the similarities between John and Elijah. Um, Are there any differences that stand out in your mind between the two as we get ready to close? Elijah performed some pretty impressive miracles. Did John perform miracles? No. Jesus himself said, you know, John uh, did not, you know, perform any signs, right? So he was a different sort of prophet. Uh, the things that he said were true, but he didn't perform miracles. Um, again, John was preaching baptism, immersion, for, for forgiveness of sins. Uh, that, that wasn't how Elijah preached. Um, Elijah, <laughs> remember uh, in our studies with him that um, they kept trying to capture Elijah? Uh, Elijah never was captured, but where did John spend most or the remaining parts of his life? In Prison, right? Yeah, and so John did have to deal with that. And again, that, that rolls into their deaths. Uh, again, what would we say about Elijah's death? Didn't really take place, did it? Just translated into heaven. But John, uh, what took place uh, for his eventual death—beheading, right? Uh, a gruesome death. Uh, and so there are some differences between the two. Again, that points to that. Again, these were not the same individuals. But you know, let's just wrap up this lesson. You know, why? Uh, why is it important? Right? Why is it important to study something like this to to understand the differences between uh, Elijah? And John the Baptist. I mean, can you think of just any off the top of your head? And I'll throw one out. Um, You know, this was a fulfillment of prophecy, right? Uh, God said that he was going to send Elijah. He was going to send a forerunner uh, before the Messiah. And did he do it? Absolutely. He did it. Uh, we're not waiting for Elijah to come, right? Uh, some people are waiting for Elijah to come because then that means things are, you know, setting the stage for, you know, his, his return. But again, that already happened uh, some 2,000 years ago. Those, that stage is already set, right? And so uh, one of the reasons why, you know, it's important to understand this is, again, to understand that this prophecy has been fulfilled. Um. What, what might we say about the, the two of these preaching style? Uh, why is it important to uh, notice how they preached? Okay. Were, were they shy about holding things back? Elijah and John? No, they, they, they gave it to them, didn't they? And so, again, there's some great, uh, great truths, great lessons uh, from this. Probably uh, the most important one, again, is just to understand is that there's only one Christ. Right. John wasn't him. Elijah wasn't him. Uh, It was Jesus. And so I appreciate everyone this this uh, morning as we continue to finish out the, the study here on Elijah. Next week, we'll sort of do the same, but we'll look at Elijah and Jesus. And see some of those interactions. And uh, so, again, thank, thankful for that. And we have a couple more classes left on this. And, uh, and Brother Danny, you have our closing prayer for us.